I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we focus on Jesus as a refugee in Egypt. We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Follow along with us. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Arise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem. and in all the region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. So this event is not a wonderful, joyous event. Uh, this is a, Jesus is fleeing, he's a refugee, he's having to leave his country, Mary and Joseph, and go down to a, a new country uh, to, to seek asylum, basically. Uh. So Jesus Christ experienced this conflict between good and evil right from his birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, th these years informed or formative for him. Um, and he was likely in Egypt for a few years, uh, so so he grew down there. Um, I like how God prepared this um, uh, event to happen. Mm -hmm. He sent a wise man with a very generous gifts, starting with gold. Uh, Joseph needed some financial resources to live in a foreign country for a while, especially with a newborn baby. Um, at the same time, the end of the previous uh, episode, uh, the wise men were warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, mm -hmm. but to take uh, another way back home. Yeah. And that was very clear to give some time to uh, Joseph to prepare for this journey. Yeah, and so they go down to Egypt, Herod goes out, and it says, as ascertained by um, the wise men that he spoke to, he, he goes and he kills every child two years and younger in wow. Bethlehem. Um, why that much? Why why not one year and younger or six months and younger? Well, probably margin of error. Uh -huh. uh, you know, do you trust how, where do we go? He, we know Herod was paranoid. Yeah, this was yeah. not the only... Uh, time he had killed anyone, um, he he took the throne, uh, and bloodshed was 
part of his his reign. Um, so this is nothing new for him. But this is there, there's one other time in the Bible where we hear about the slaughter of uh, young young children, and this is with Moses in the Exodus. Uh, well, Moses and his birth. Um, Pharaoh was afraid of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the the two years again. We don't know the exact time when these things take place, um, but he he did. The Bible alludes to him doing some calculation uh, as to the time. Yeah, he asked the wise men when did they see the star for the first time, and he assumed that the star was rising exactly when Jesus Christ was born. Mm-hmm. Um, that was both a popular belief, and there is a parallel with a um, groups of an- group of angel who came to to sing to the to the shepherds right in the field. So the Bible says this fulfilled what was spoken of by the prophet Jeremiah. If God knew that this was going to happen, couldn't he have not created Herod or let Herod rise to power or, you know, lightning bolt strike him or... Yes, we can go back step by step all the way to Lucifer, who was the first to rebel against God and the first to... um, who is the murderer and um, the liar who is the originator of so much evil that is in the world today. Mm -hmm. For sure, it was Satan who influenced uh, or controlled Herod and because Satan wanted to destroy Jesus Christ and to prevent him for, from becoming our savior. So going all the way back, if God did not create Herod and uh, all the way back did not create Lucifer, but created everyone with, in the same condition, with the same free will, with the same capacity to choose between good and evil, we could have had another Lucifer with another name, right? Yeah. Or another Herod with another name. Because there were a bunch of people who were under Satan's control at that time, and God could have used someone else to execute his plans. And I, I think that ties into the first question, what does this tell us about God, is that God is a God of free will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so thankful that he's not a God that, you know, when Herod said, go kill the baby boys, God didn't just snap his fingers and Herod disappeared or died or something that that God um, allows us allows free will to play out in the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would like to go the other side. Uh, what we do not learn from this story <laughs> mm-hmm. about God, uh, for sure, the killing of this babies two years and younger is not necessary in God's economy of salvation. No. That was not a price that had to be paid. It is not used by God to impress us, right? It happened, and that will touch our hearts. But it, it was not orchestrated by God with that purpose. Yeah. And uh, uh, in fact, evil is not necessary. Any kind of form of evil is not necessary. We can know God, and we can turn around and, and, and give ourselves to God without experiencing evil. Yeah, I mean, neither the Pharisees, the children of Israel, nor the Romans had to kill Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus would have, could have laid down his own life um, for for our sins. It, it was not written in stone that you were going to 
be the one to drive the nails in his hands or or chant crucify him, crucify him. We had those options. Um, and if if things didn't go that way, it, it's not that God created evil to, to work this plan out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God does not reach his goals, his positive goals, using evil methods yeah. uh, on the way. So what is Jesus telling us in this story? Well, uh, on one side, God is talking to the wise men to um, avoid having another meeting with Herod and go home another way. So maybe Herod would have killed them, the wise men, right? Mm-hmm. Why did you go there? Why did you worship him? At the same time, God is protecting the family of Jesus Christ, and and maybe God prepared their way in Egypt to be received so they'll not be killed there, they'll not be robbed or so. So there is God's hand in executing his plan. Can God eliminate the whole evil from the whole world in one instant? Maybe but that will not solve the main problem that God is addressing. Mm-hmm. And God is addressing a twofold problem. The first one is uh, Satan who portrayed a darker image and uh, a distorted image of his character. And God is here to reveal himself who he is. And in this uh, instant, by sacrificing his own son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. Mm-hmm. On the other side, God's purpose is to eliminate this evil and any form of evil, and the evil one who, uh, who is the perpetrator of evil. So if God will eliminate all the evil by pressing a button, by transforming the whole world into a game that um, will play like a theatrical performance, knowing the end from the beginning, so that will not solve the fundamental problem that he's addressing. So this is why God allows this to happen. There is evil that is happening. There are events like killing of the children in in Bethlehem. These events are not necessary, but they happen because we are at this crossing point between the good and evil. We are the battlefield of this cosmic conflict. Yeah. No, I agree. And like you said, God is showing god is telling me this in here that he can protect mm-hmm. and just like the the hebrews because he's protecting one group yet another group is is not protected we see death as such a terrible thing and death the first death is but the first death jesus describes as a sleep mm-hmm. the the three hebrews in the fiery furnace said you know our god is able to save us but if not we're still not going to serve you, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. That, that God is able to protect. Um, in the same way, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, he says that even if I live mm-hmm. or even if I die, I have the same purpose to honor God. Yeah. Even by my life and my ministry, even by my death. And when God allowed uh, the Apostle Paul to be decapitated, uh, by the Emperor Nero, mm-hmm. um, even if that event was quite private, those who saw him dying um, in a different way than other human beings, uh, than other criminals they executed, they were so impressed 
that the Christian history says that those people became Christians. All right. So what are we going to do about this? These are some stories. We have mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. On one side, we understand God. Uh, we see his hand. We see his plan. Uh, we experience his protection. On the other side, uh, we see events happening for which we may not have a complete answer or understanding on this side of the eternity. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we learn to trust God no matter what. We learn to uh, submit our life to, to him. And every morning uh, we should say, Lord, I'm yours, use me for your glory no matter what. Here, and we touched on this, God is providing. The wise men have given golden incense. Uh, they're going, Jesus is a refugee, and there is a vulnerable person. Mm -hmm. the, his family, his parents going to a new country. Um, and I, I think what I hear God asking me to do here is to to reach out and to, to treat vulnerable people to serve them, you know feed them, to uplift, to, to help, to teach, to instruct, to be there, and to live and befriend. Um, that's what I'm getting out of here, and I know it might be yeah. a little stretch, but that's... And many people living today, either as uh, migrants or immigrants for different reasons, uh, as well as refugees, mm -hmm. can relate to Jesus Christ, who was a refugee in Egypt for a while. Yeah, yeah, and I know... Um, immigration is a hot-button political issue right now, but the bottom line is there are human beings. Mm -hmm. And we, whether someone's here for right reasons or wrong reasons, we need to care for the suffering mm -hmm. in the world. How are we going to share this? And I, I, again, I think for me, the way to share is in action. Get mm -hmm. out and do. Uh, and there's things around here um, in, in the Chicagoland area where we are... Uh, close to, there are people with needs, mm -hmm. uh, many people with needs, refugees coming in daily, um, and we can do our part to help. Yes, and uh, you can experience the reality of this world as the children in Bethlehem or as the family of Jesus Christ, as refugees in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And in, in either way, we should share our experience. We should trust God based on our understanding and revelation of Him. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, we should be careful about uh, pain and suffering in this world which cannot be explained completely. Yeah, let us pray. Father God, there is so much pain and suffering in this world. Mm -hmm. We read about the tragedies and earthquakes and in wars and famines and storms and um, shootings and, and so many ways that people are being affected, lives lost, lives um, torn apart. Father, I pray that our eyes will be open to you. Amen. That we won't blame you for everything that takes place, mm -hmm. but that we will look and see your love and your mercy in the midst of a sin-filled world. 
that your salvation, that you're working to save us, and ultimately, the Bible says, death, where is your sting? Mm-hmm. The first death, the death of the, the grave, the sleep, is, is not permanent, and we have choices. And I pray, Father, that we will choose to accept salvation so that we may rise in the resurrection of the righteous and experience the life that you have desired for us. So go with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.